Welcome to another edition of Sensibly Cynical. My name is Sean, and today I have a very special episode for you. I will be talking with Brian from the past podcast. We will talk about everything going on with the George Floyd protests, the Last Dance documentary, and much more. Enjoy. All right, everybody. I am so happy to be joined by the host of The Past Podcast, Brian. What's going on, man? Hey, man. What's good, man? How you feeling? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm doing all right, man. How's the weather up there in uh, in Richmond? It's been pretty clear. Um, been a lot of chaos, you know, on other things, but we won't get too early into that yet. But it feels real good. Like, I went out with shorts, shorts and a tee, and I was good to go. So how's everything with the coronavirus? How are you doing with uh, the family and everyone's good? Uh, Oh, really? Well, thank you for uh, your service. Yeah, no problem, man. I do, I mean, my my role is, I won't say it's minor, but it's, you know, not being a doc and or a nurse, but it's it's really a heavy role um, as far as with transporting patients. And Mm -hmm. on top of that, it's like, I'm in the ER, so. Oh, really? I'm in healthcare. I'm in healthcare as well. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, what's it? But, uh, let's. Let's uh let's talk about um what's going on. I feel like it's this is a good platform to, you know, discuss everything um that's going on. How's the city doing with everything? It's getting real serious, right? That's a shame, man. All that happened. Yeah, so he was, you know, it didn't break his spirit. Right. You know, you would expect, I mean, it's, it's, you know, going through the process of starting over is going to be different, but he's handling it. I mean, most of the businesses here, I mean, there was a a store that got raided. A couple of video game stores got raided. uh, Like, main coffee facilities. Like, I'm not, I don't want to say names of businesses. Ah, coffee. I'm a coffee guy. But yeah, in all, in all seriousness, though, I saw the video the day after. I I'm just going on record. I'm condemn. I you know obviously condemn it. I think it's the, these four guys need to be imprisoned. Um, you know, but like I was telling you now, the or I was telling you a while, the process is going to be delicate going forward. You know, legal, legally speaking, you know. Yeah. Right. We really are trying to like think this through and not just go off of impulse. And even the discussion we had um, the other day, I feel was a good was a good uh, discussion we had. Yeah, me too, man. And uh, I'm a hun- I'm a hundred percent behind the cause, man. Uh, yeah, and, and we 
and there's no one I know personally that you know is not for this you know the positive effects that's going to happen with this unity you know what I mean like that's the one thing that I see going on right now is people are unified as you know multiracial you know what I mean I'm sorry, this morning, and talked about it a little bit there. And yeah. it's just now, you know, talking is great, but now it's all about action. But right. action in the right manner. And also not just, you know, going out and going full mm-hmm. haywire. Yeah, these businesses, they'll recover. You know, the, the vandalism, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's another subject. But, I mean, businesses will recover. It's the message that needs to be sent. That, hey, we're not going right. to stand for this. Right, Atlanta is going to be. I feel bad for Atlanta. Some people, you know, some people's businesses, but I mean, it'll it'll come back. The ATL is never going to go away, <laughs> you know. But uh, uh, let's start. Let's talk about. Let's change subjects if uh, if that's cool. Let's talk about. Let's talk about some uh, some uh, last dance. I binge watched it, bro. How much that Scottie Pippen knew going into the documentary about Michael's opinions? Like, are they tight? Like, do you know if they're tight still? Or are they just cordial? You know that, that's a good question. I, I personally would say I think that 
even Vanderbilt. Right. You know, Scotty Pippen was there, but you didn't hear Jordan was at the games, or you didn't see, like, the camaraderie, at least at that time. Yeah. Um, to put it in a different perspective, I mean, granted, their connection or relationship was a little different. When Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, both of their sons, went to Sierra Canyon, mm-hmm. and, you know, you saw, if you if you saw Wade there, you saw LeBron there. You're right, they're tight. During the regular, during the offseason, or during the regular season. I think Pippen and Jordan have a good, like, it's a respectable, a respectful relationship. Like, they won six championships together, and they have endless stories of basketball conversations on end. But I think it was more of for the winning mentality of, hey, we're going to go out here for 48 minutes and give our best effort. And, you know, we'll deal with each other as needed outside mm-hmm. of the game. But yeah, our main basis is just to play ball. Yeah, well, Brian, I'll let you know my uh, my point of view is a little skewed because <laughs> I'm a Magic fan, okay. you know? I'm a Magic fan. <laughs> so. And see, that's the funny part. Like, oh, it's, it's kind of like I'm, at that time, I think I was still trying to figure out who I was a fan of, so I didn't have mm-hmm. a team. But eventually, as I got older, I became a Houston fan, so it's not like I'm, I don't have, like, mm-hmm. I don't have any investment in either side. It's just, you know, I want a good basketball, which at that right. time, I mean, I think we get it now, but I think back then, you really got good bat. Like, basketball was Highly competitive, even though a lot of people looked at it as <laughs> well. Highly competitive in the NBA. Now, as far as the Olympic <laughs> Olympics, on the other hand, those were blowouts. Because I remember, oh, yeah. I, both of my uh, parents were actually uh, born and raised in Illinois, Brian. So right. I was actually raised through this the the Bulls. That's why it kind of affected me. That's why I didn't actually I didn't watch it when it came out. I wanted to ha- I wanted to sit down by myself and binge watch it because I I grew up in this era. Like my grandmother was um, a huge Bulls fan. My mom was ra- my mom was raised a Bulls fan. My dad right. he's not really a sports guy, but I mean. You know, being in Illinois, Michael was everywhere. So, and then the same time, I saw Larry Bird play live once. I saw, yeah, I know I'm old, <laughs> but I don't recall if I ever got to see him. Maybe, maybe I did. I can't recall, but I know I saw because I saw Larry Bird. Larry Bird's last season was Shaq's first season. So I got to see Shaq and Larry Bird play in the same game. That was that was one of the best things that, that I remember from my childhood. Because I knew I was... People, yeah, like people ask me, did I know I was seeing greatness? Yeah, I knew I was seeing greatness because I saw Shaq's LSU highlights. <laughs> like, yeah, Shaq, I mean, was one of the most... Shaq was a player you really couldn't figure out when he came out of college because he was very... Right. Very big. He was very athletic. Mm-hmm. They changed how their backboards were made of. <laughs> That's how they dealt they with actually, it. They actually did, yeah. I remember. I think when everyone in Phoenix like deflated, I was like, I hope the league is understanding. Like this is not your average basketball player. <laughs> yeah, well, to tie that into the last, tie him into the like Shaq's impact when it comes to like the Last Dance and the Michael and you know the Michael Jordan era. 
where was his interview? They didn't interview him, did they? I must have missed it if they did. I don't I don't think they talked with him much because yeah. if you look at it, the first so if you go back and think on that on those series, the first three championships, Shaq wasn't even in the NBA. Shaq was still in, in college. Mm-hmm. Or getting ready to like go to college or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when Jordan retired, I think what Shaq came in the league. Yeah, that's when that's when the Magic made their run. Yeah, I mean, and we yeah. lost to the um, Rockets in the finals. Yeah, the, the series and the series against the Rockets was one of the roughest series because. Oh, dude, I remember that Shaq, man. That was kind of like the year when Shaq was getting introduced to yeah. basketball. It's like, okay, welcome to the NBA. Penny was my um, dude. Yeah, Penny. <laughs> Penny, what hurt Penny the most was in, was injuries and health. He just couldn't stay healthy. Like I think we would, I think we would have seen more years out of him. But I mean, as most players, like some players, their body just. Their body in the game don't matter. Was he on that Heat team when they won the title? Because I know, did, did he did he win a title with the Heat? No. Oh. Um, Lonzo, you had Alonzo Mourning, you had Christian Leitner, you had, which still was interesting. I Leitner, thought they picked him Mourning up. And Shaq on the same team. They all got drafted the same year. Oh, the Suns picked Penny up. I know Penny got passed around at the end. They had like Amari and Nash. I think the Suns picked Penny up to try yeah, to win Penny the title. Went to the Knicks, which still did he? Crazy. I don't know. I have his jerseys um, in my uh, closet right now. Yeah. I have um, I have all the Ma- I have uh, T Mac, Penny. I have the Michael Jordan jersey. You know. So let's get back to the meat of this uh, document. What was the most surprising thing that you learned? For me, and it, and it was because I kind of thought it, but when you watch it, it was more interesting. And I'm, it, this is almost a two part. First, it would be the flu game, which was actually the food poisoning game, but he really didn't get. trying to make a moment and make it look more than what it was. Like, Jordan may not have been 100%, which is understandable, but I think it was not as, like, they had to, and I, it was an article I read where they were saying that as we called it, they called it the flu game because the food poisoning game would not have been a better title or a better <laughs> reference. Um, and the second part, which, I mean, everyone knew it at the time, but I think because you really don't, you didn't have a lot of highlight-based breakdown at the time, I still don't think he pushed off, I don't think he pushed Brian Russell, that's just, mm-hmm. if you look at it, the only reason I say that is because, as a person who's played basketball, you can look at momentum just taking him that direction, now, if it was enough to cause him to be off balance, then that's a, then I'll, I'll say, okay, you got it, but it just, it was literally like a down, it was a downhill, diagonal move, right. that just sent him that direction, and then he saw the fall. And when you look at it in real time, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, he pushed off, he pushed <laughs> off. And it was like, you know, like, David David had a conversation with Carl Malone after, you know, like, a few years ago, yeah. you know, about his first stories regarding all of that. And Carl Malone was just like, Jordan was one of the best players. Like, they were the better team that year. Mm-hmm. And that was what led them to winning that championship. Because you got to remember, too, in the 90s, the media was nowhere near like it is now. Oh, yeah, I know, man. So it's like, so it's like, you know, you would ask questions about something, and that was the end of it. But now, that whole playoff moment, like, they would have been on Carmelone about that for years. <laughs> and constantly saying, like, did you did you realize he was coming up behind you? Yeah. You like, it's like a guy comes behind you, makes a smack at the ball, he got the ball clean, which was still, like, that one kind of blindsided me because some people could look at that and say, oh, he fouled, but, I mean, 
it's playoff basketball too. So, ba- well, yeah. Speaking of playoff basketball, you know, back in the day, like I was, you know, seeing that footage, like people were actually like legit hitting each other, and there's no call. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, Rick Smith, he would hit people, and they would, you know, no call. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was a more physical game. It yeah. Wasn't. Mm-hmm. They knew what the game was about at the end of the day, which was, you know, hey, as long as they know, it was almost like no blood, no foul. Mm-hmm. And you had and to then, play the game the right way. Yeah, and then you know we don't we don't want to go down this path too much, but then you know when you hit two thousands after Michael, that's when the you know the the refs started getting in trouble for you know throwing games or supposedly throwing games. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say, and that's that's the that's the simplest way I can say it. But as an added piece to it, mm-hmm. if you really go back and look at that Lakers series against Sacramento, yeah, Sacramento was my things were exposed. Yeah, they were my guys, man. Let's not talk. Let's not talk bad about the Kings, bro. <laughs> no, I got nothing. No, no, I have nothing bad to say about the Kings. I think the Kings should win that series. They were my guys. that series knowing because I knew the Kings were going to get screwed and it was hard for me to even watch it. Did the Sonics have Deadless Shrimp back then? Yeah, they had, they had Peyton Hawkins, um, Deadless Shrimp, Kemp. Irvin Johnson. Yeah, Sean Kemp. You had Irvin Johnson. Sometimes you'd have Sam Perkins start depending on the wrong. Sam rotation. Perkins. Oh, my God, bro. You're, <laughs> you're going old yeah. school. I didn't know we were going to talk about Sam Perkins today. Johnson, yeah. Yeah. As far as the full, like the series as a whole, I I think 
Right, it was skewed. different you know opinions on because everyone was raised in different locations so and based on your favorite team you're going to have a different opinion right because we got one guy he's like he's the cleveland diehard okay you can't tell him nothing on elo when he the 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 shot over elo craig elo I thought you were talking about when the the uh, when Jordan shot over Craig Elo. That season was a rough season. Which I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Craig Elo, you had Mark Price. Mm-hmm. You had Brad Doherty. Ron Harper. Ron Harper before he went to the Bulls. I mean, the tough part was watching him try to beat Chicago. Was gonna be right. Tough. Right. I found that interesting when they interviewed Ron Harper, and Ron Harper was like, "Well, why the fuck didn't they put?" He didn't say that, but. <laughs> He was thinking it. He was like, "Well, why the fuck didn't you put me on, Michael? You know what I mean?" And even Michael came. Even Michael came out and be like, "Yeah, why didn't why didn't they have Ron Harper on me?" Right. Like that didn't make any I sense mean, to me. No offense to Craig Elo. I think Craig Elo was underrated. Was that when Was that when Larry Nance was coaching? I think so. There's no excuse for him to be on Michael Jordan. <laughs> like. I mean, that was just. But that was. I mean, when the moment comes, it's not about. It's not about who's checking. It's about, hey, you're the person that's in front of me. I got to stop you. Like, that's... Yeah, but they... But, Brian, they, they picked him. The coach picked him to do it. They, should, they shouldn't have picked him. <laughs> but, that, but as a player, the player should have been aware enough, too, to say, hey, this might be a tough matchup. I may not be able to take him on as, as good as y'all think I can. Oh, you think that Elo should have set, stepped up and said, hey, back down? He's a back down and say, look, I... Ron Harper would have been a no fair advantage too because he was a little shorter. Yeah, but yeah, better. I think he was better defensively historically, right. but who knows? That's in the. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of those uh, would have, should have, could have. Yeah. I know you previously mentioned Carl Malone. What was your thoughts on that whole wrestling match with uh, Rodman? Unnecessary. At that time, that was when the NBA was starting to try to get a little creative with how to retain but also do something a little outside the box. That was, At least that's how I saw it. Yeah, WCW was getting big. Exactly. <laughs> you, know. you know, looking at it now, it's like, why would, as a player, why would I want to participate in wrestling? But on the flip side, it's not like I'm physically going to get hurt. I'm playing for the sake of entertainment. Mm-hmm. I was a wrestling you know, guy, too. I don't know if you are, but I was a wrestling guy back then. So I actually saw it from, um, I actually I saw a documentary WCW. from... I think up until up until like two thousand, I was locked in. I loved NWO. I thought NWO was like, I liked NWO because of the color scheme. I liked just race, <laughs> red and black. Nash um, was like, they were like two two of my favorite wrestlers at that time. Yeah, I yeah. Rick Flair guy. I liked Stone Cold. <laughs> Stone Cold. Um, before he went and became a movie star, I was big on the Rock. So yeah. But yeah, I found that interesting how 
apparently the Bulls didn't have didn't had no clue that Rodman was going to be on that pay per view. I thought that they knew, but they apparently the way the documentary um, had it set up was was that the Bulls had no idea. Do you that believe that? That may not have been something. It's hard for me to that believe was- that. They had no idea he was going to be on pay-per-view the, um, the next day. I don't know. Maybe. But remember, that's in the time, you're the time back then where there was no social media. So if you were doing something, unless somebody happened to bring that up as a story, it wasn't even talked about to that extent until the time of. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, this player is actually going to be participating in this event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was a self-promoter too. I, my favorite part of the documentary was when they let him go to Vegas, and then for like a day or so, and then it turned into like a whole week. And they interviewed uh, what was it, Carmen Electra or something? Uh-huh. That shit was great, dude. I bet he was hooking up with so many women, bro. Oh, oh Robin was Robin was wild at that point of his career. It was like an interesting point of his career I like how they went into him and the uh, Pistons, Bad Boy Pistons. Yeah. What was your thoughts on Isaiah Thomas? I didn't realize that he had such a beef with Michael. Magic series, Brian. Don't do it to me. <laughs> the Cavs Magic when um, you saw when Dwight Howard was there. <laughs> yeah, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard got a lot of tick tack fouls. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, he did. I mean, it was. But the tough part was Dwight Howard. 
if he could have improved on his free throw shooting. I was in college at that time. <laughs> yeah. I was getting drunk a lot. But right. <laughs> he's like, right. Well, I was, no, I got you. Uh, that was when I was getting, like, wasted. And, like, because I went to school. I went to college in Orlando. I went to UCF. That was my college. Okay, okay. And, uh, dude, the party scene there, what... What ties what ties it into this whole thing is I actually went to school with uh, Michael Jordan's uh, son Marcus. Did he play? He played basketball. Yeah, he did. He his, his junior year he was he was actually one of the best players his junior year. Right. Was everybody expecting him to go pro? And that was not. I don't dude, think that was ever in his scope. Dude, the amount of women I I was at a club when he was when he was at a club. Mm-hmm. Bro, he was like an entourage of women, bro. Right. Like for real. Like he probably rolled like he probably rolled like five like. Each night, I think he rolled like five deep. Wow. And not with security, with women. <laughs> That's girl that he, that he was just, and most of them was just women because he was George. So. And on top of that, with his with his bros, too. Yeah. He had more women than guys with him, like, for real. Like, I'm like, holy shit. And you knew, you knew he was there because the DJ would, hey, shout out to Mike. And then people would like, Mike's son or whatever, Marcus, you know. Yeah. They got to do what they got to do to promote the club. But then, and Jeffrey, that's how Jeffrey got to UCF too. Jeffrey transferred. Jeffrey wasn't very good. He was he was just like I don't even know if he was D one. He was only D one because he was Michael's son. Did he go to Illinois? He did, and then he transferred to UCF. Yeah, that's what I figured. But anyways, people were like pissed off. It's like, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. If if my if Michael Jordan's son, who's gonna bring in revenue and money to the university, you're gonna do what he wants you to do because you're gonna get the money. You know, for the school. Right. He's pretty much a walking brain. There's probably money under the table, you know, but who knows. Speaking of that, the influence on... Because I, I want to I hear your opinion on this. Because I'm, I'm always curious. Like, mm-hmm. how do you feel about getting me a pay to go to college? As far as a, athlete, Brian, this is a touchy <laughs> subject, bro. <laughs> I, know sensi- I know sensibly is our first name, but... <laughs> That's a double meaning. Um... That's tough because then you get to the the smaller uh, sports that are like, well, whoa, what about us? Why are you being? Why is it only the big sports and not us? You know, because then you got lacrosse people saying, well, you're, you know what I'm saying? It's a domino effect to the smaller sports. But at the same time, I kind of understand it. So yeah, I if it if they limit it, right. you know what I mean? Like I I hate to get to that point, but if it because I they make so much money on like the video games and stuff, so I get why they canceled that. Oh yeah. But, like, as long as they keep it to, like, a budget, like a monetary budget. Make it kind of like scholarships, too. You know, make it kind of fall in line with scholarships. You have a certain amount of, you know, distributed funds or, you know, distribution available, right? And and then once you're out, you're out. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, that's true. I, I just always think about that because it is, like, a tough scenario because there are a lot of players. Let's see, what if you're a high-end baseball player, right? Mm. UNC is good at baseball. And they want to spend some of their money on baseball. Where where, where, do, where do you draw the line? We're talking about baseball. Baseball is one of those bigger sports that people don't think of. The College World Series and the Little League World Series oh. gave me a whole different look about baseball. Yeah. So where do you? Where's your thoughts on that? Like, if you're a baseball player, do you do you get the money for them too? I guess that's where the numbers are still mixed about it. Because I look at it like this: I'll throw some schools out there just as an example. And then you can put in I, wrestling and all that other stuff, you know. So Kentucky. Florida, Alabama, 
conversation for it. So with those with those schools, they're all well known in their conference. All of them are part of what you call the Power Five. The Power Five in in college is ACC, mm-hmm. SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, and Pac twelve. If you were in any of those other conferences, mm-hmm. you work hard and you try to make money to possibly see if you can get to that. Yeah, sometimes so, I think the American is as good as the Big Ten, but that's a different subject. <laughs> no, no, I mean, there's some other, there's some other conferences that, that don't get their credit. So, yeah, I mean, when you look at how that's all broken down, like those those schools and those conferences, it's like the money that they have, they can, dis- they can disperse money between all of their activities, not just basketball, not just football. Like if you have baseball and baseball is doing its thing, even if you aren't, World Series eligible or appropriate, mm-hmm. there should still be some type of, there should be some type right. of, like, I'm just saying it opens up a bunch of things because then you got the women, you know, the women's side saying, oh, well, what, is it being sexist? What about us? You know what I mean? And then you got to think about it from that point of view, the women too. So it's just a domino effect. It, it depends if that domino effect is worth it. Yeah, that's true. But, I know I look at like a school like UConn who has one of the top girls. Oh, I know. And then you got college softball. And call it softball. That's a big money maker too, you know. So I mean, that's that's how I'm looking at it. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you though. I agree. I agree. There should be. It's just. It's just. It's a delicate process. That's the tricky right. part. Everyone agrees that you should make money. Like if your likeness, you know, you should get money off your likeness. Brian, where are you from originally? If you don't mind me asking. I'm from. I'm from Richmond. Born and raised. From, yeah, born and raised. So I mean, okay. Well, I, I told you, right? I, I was in Richmond for three years. That's how I met Cree and, every, and everything like that. Yeah, I remember you mentioned it. I'm really good friends with Cree, so that's how I know you like your good people, because if you know the people that I know there, then yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I haven't met you, but like if I met if I was still in Richmond, I could see myself having a drink with you, you know what I mean? And yeah. You may not physically meet somebody, but if you know their like integrity and stuff, then you can tell when someone's good people. That's why I was like following you and uh, your podcast and stuff, and and talking to you and getting to know you. You seem really cool, and I can I can, I consider you a you know a good uh, a friend, you know at least through a podcast wise. Yeah, I appreciate it. So let's transition to music. So tell me about your music background. I played so what I played um I played alto and I played tenor uh, growing up in school. So that kind of got me into the jazz flow a little bit. Uh, but overall, like as far as what I listen to now. I'm more R&B-ish. I listen to, you know, some hip-hop here and there. Mm-hmm. My latest genre that I, that I listen to and I get a lot of other people into is um, it's called lo-fi. Like, it's good, like, melodic background. It's like background music that you can play without having a bunch of words. Like, if I'm ever, if I'm working on any type of designing work or any type of um, blog or anything and I need something just to kind of put me in a chill space, I'll let some lo-fi play and just, just enjoy it. I got introduced to Spotify well, it's been two years now, and a friend of mine, she literally was like, I'm going to give you a three-month trial, let you try it out, see if you like it. Really? At the time, I was still on Apple Music, yeah, and I was like, okay, let me see what this is. As soon as the three months ended, I dropped Apple Music, and 
I've been on Spotify ever since. Like I don't I don't have a love or hate towards one over the other, but I just know for playlist purposes and for mm-hmm. music listening what? purposes, mm-hmm. I'll easily go to I can easily pick up playlists on Spotify to cover me for the rest of the rest of the year. So you're actually an artist yourself? I'm not an artist. I would um, I'm considering possibly down the pipe maybe getting a saxophone, but I'm just a big music consumer. I like to listen to good quality mm-hmm. music. I don't know if you've been keeping up with the podcast, but I've had some independent artists on lately. I mean, and I always tell people I'm always open to like listening to or finding some new artists. I've interviewed some out of California. Okay. Yeah, I'll check, I'll check some folks out because I mean, every artist is, is not... I mean, and I'll tell people, I'll tell people offhand because I'm, I'm guilty of it. I'm a hardcore music snob, <laughs> so some music if I listen to, I might. I got like, you. It's not my listen, but I'll still, you know, say, hey, I tried it. Mm. Um, mm. Like at the beginning of the year, I had a guy. He's he's a DJ. He's big into like local rappers here. And when I first was listening the to local stuff, scene? I was like, and it wasn't that I didn't didn't know it or didn't like it. it just I wasn't sure how to give it a chance. And then after a while, I'm like, okay, it's not some bad guys. I just need to be in that state to really listen to what they're rapping about or talking about. Who's your go-to, like, mainstream artist? Do you have, like, a go-to mainstream? Um, right now, it's been Snow Allegra. Because she got a hit single that came, like, her album came out last year. Oh, for real? I'll have um, to check it out. Snow Allegra, I'd say Snow Allegra, Roddy Rich. If you want to go to, like, the true ones, I'd say Kendrick, J. Cole, um, Hey, Brian, send me that playlist. <laughs> Some of the playlists that I get, man, I'm, I still have to, like, I'm, and I'm, you know, we're talking about her now or earlier, but Korea started this trend every Sunday where she shares like her top 11. Each week, the album, well, not even just the songs that she shares in that playlist, I'm like, this is what I needed today. Like, I needed just some right. good music to just kind of mellow out. And I, when I first listened to him, I got kind of schooled about how important it was to like, you got to play the songs in order. Because I'm one of the people, I'll shuffle a playlist in a heartbeat. And she was like, no, it's got to be mm-hmm. in order. I didn't understand that, but now after she told me it's a show called High Fidelity mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm watching, I'm actually going, I probably might finish watching this night, <laughs> but it's a good, it's a really good context piece of why right. she's like that. And I even know another guy who's on Joe Budden's podcast, he's the same way, he's like, these are my songs for this, this playlist, they have to be played in order, don't skip. No, no messing around with that order, right? <laughs> appreciate um you know good music so yeah just check um i mean if you want i can add you on like if you look up my spotify i can share yeah. some of my playlists or i can just share some of the lists that i have because i'm always yeah i drop i'm listening to music like non-stop appreciate um the connection man you know you coming on and everything you know what i mean and Tell her you were unsensibly cynical. <laughs> uh, yeah, I so said you have to tell her that you were unsensibly cynical. I'll send, I'm gonna probably just send her the link and then she'll be like, oh, you was on his show. I was like, yeah, like tell her the full story behind that. So, yeah, that's not a problem. Yeah. So, um, anything else on your mind, uh, Brian? No, just, anything else um, you want to talk about? Ready for just trying to get some personal pieces of life going. Um, if 
you are in need of logos or web design, I am the go-to person. You can reach out to me on ReliableBOT. Uh, that's on all platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So, What's your plugs for your podcast? Uh, the past. So if you go to the past BT, and that is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. And I believe TikTok. I think TikTok I went Bryce82. But um, I have, <laughs> uh, if you want to listen to any of my current episodes, you can go to thepastbt.buzzsprout.com. And you'll get all of my all of my podcasts there. If you want to subscribe to my podcast on any of the platforms, all major platforms, Spotify, Apple Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, it's there isn't a place that you won't hear my podcast. Uh, Overcast, Acast, like I'm Radio Public. I read your uh, blog. It's legit, man. Uh, sending for the right thing, and um, you know it's a good. It's good that you're doing that. You're spreading awareness about everything going on. Yeah, so. yeah no doubt. But, uh, and yeah, the blog that you mentioned at uh, brightsay82.wordpress.com. It has been my baby for the last, yeah, now about three. Definitely well, check it out. I've been, I've, been blogging, I've been blogging for over, like, for t- 10, 15 years. Wow. But lately it's become, yeah, like now it's, it's, a, it's practically a routine of <clears> every, um, every, Every Sunday, I get my blog up by nine o'clock in the morning. Wow. And okay. I I've been checking it out. It's good. Good read. Yeah, I appreciate it. Like I said, it's more it's more topics in store. I'm just learning to be more open to like what I'm meant to share and not like hide mm-hmm. my emotions just for the sake of you know self. So right. Freedom of speech, man. That's what that's what it's about. Yeah. No doubt. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I really do. It's it's been this was fun. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Bro, chop it up about you know with the um with the magic uh-huh. and Dude, door, Hey, doors open, man. Anytime you want to come on, just send me that DM, bro. Yeah, man, you got it. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good night, bro. I appreciate it. All right, no doubt. Take it easy. All right, you too. All right, peace. All right, y'all. There you have it. That was Brian with the Past Podcast. Everyone should check out his blog. Check out his podcast. Um, what he is doing right now. Um, being a voice of reason for writing the injustices going on in the world, um, in America specifically. Um, things need to change. Black lives matter. Everyone matters. But before that happens, things have to change. So everyone be open to dialogue, learn, be receptive. And just learn to love each other. That's it. Check us out on Twitter at Cynical Sensibly, Instagram Sensibly Cynical Pond, and you can check out our Facebook group. Also, check out our Patreon page, p a t r e o n dot com slash Sensibly Cynical. All right, that's a wrap. Peace.